Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Schluter, and welcome back to Chalk Talk, a series in which I interview guests from around the world of NCAA gymnastics. Today's guest is a senior at Gustavus Adolphus College from San Bernardino, California. She's a studio arts major and gender, women, and sexuality studies minor, and a three-time YX Scholastic Honor Roll member. Please welcome Abby Willis. Hello, Abby. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. Thank you for being here. So let's start with you. Uh, when did you get into gymnastics and why? Yeah, so I think I'm in a little bit of a unique situation. So my mom actually owns the gymnastics club that I grew up in. She opened up um, our gym, Inland Empire Gymnastics Academy, when my sister was super young. So I was two years old. Um, and yeah, my sister's gymnastics school closed when she was probably six or seven. And my mom was like, I think I could open my own place. She was a kindergarten school teacher and was like, I can take my education background and open a gymnastics school. So I've just kind of grown up with the sport my whole life. And I kind of just did it because, you know, my sister did it and we needed to entertain the little one. Um, but over time, it's become my own sport and something that I truly deeply love. So, yeah. can only imagine how she managed to do that on a kindergarten teacher's salary. Yeah, it was definitely, a, you know, a family effort. So very grateful to all my family members for always pitching in and helping us out with the family business. So when did you or someone else realize, hey, you're actually pretty good at this? Uh, you know, I feel like it was one of those things with me where I just like, at the end of the year, we checked back in and it was like, are you still enjoying doing this? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Like, let's just keep going and see how far I can go. So I don't know if it was ever just like, hey, you're good at this, but it was just like, I'm having fun and let's let's just keep going and see how far we can go. And so eventually, I, I guess you got pretty far. Like, I, I, I don't really know how to answer that because that is one of those things where for some of the people I've talked to, it's been like someone noticed, mm -hmm. oh yeah, no, let's get them on a team. But like... Sure, sure. But like, yeah, you're in the unique... Yeah, I was... I'm sorry, you... Yeah, it was that. a very unique situation. Oh, no worries. It was a very unique situation. I think it was just kind of like, I'm very grateful that I was in that position where I just always was allowed to have fun with the sport, um, which I know maybe not might not be everyone else's experience. Um, and so I think that me by me allowing to, oops, words by allowing me to have fun like then I was allowed to like invest time and then you can like get better so I don't know I think maybe it was like middle school when we're, I was kind of like okay I actually want to take this serious now and I want to see oh how far I can go yeah I mean because I guess it is a little bit different when your mom runs the gym like, exactly yeah yeah it's a little interesting okay um, so eventually at some point you make, uh, you start the recruiting process. So how did that start and, uh, like what? Yeah. Um, again, I think I have like a unique situation in that, like, um, originally going into college, I wasn't going to do college gymnastics. Um, I was just going to focus on my academics. Um, and so whenever I looked at where I was going for school, I actually initially only looked at the academic side. Because I wanted to ensure that wherever I ended up, you know, whether I did gymnastics or didn't, like, I wanted to ensure that I loved the school. Um, so, yeah, that was 
kind of, I maybe did a little bit backwards where I just went and looked at all the schools I was interested in academically. And then once I kind of pared those down, that's when I then reached out to the coaches and was like, hey, I am interested in your school. What does that look like in terms of me, you know, participating in the gymnastics teams that they had? Um, so a little bit of a backwards situation. And I think I kind of started that at the end of my junior year of high school, you know, beginning of senior year. It's been a while. So I'm trying to like trace back to that time. So hold on. So because it was backwards, that actually does bring up a more interesting question. Because I the only I think I've only talked to one other person who was really like, no, I'm looking at a certain specific thing academically. And then we'll look at the gymnastics. Yeah. It's, it's not that many people. So when you were looking at that, who were you looking at then? Uh, in terms of like schools? Yeah, in terms of schools. Yeah. So ironically, I was looking at a lot of schools in state back home in California. Um, so I was looking at places um, like Occidental. I was looking at, you know, places that didn't even have gymnastics teams. Um, I was looking at the Pasadena colleges, lots of small liberal arts schools, because I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do um, in terms of a career. And so I wanted to find a school that allowed me to explore my options. And so looking, you know, at schools that did have gymnastics teams, I was obviously looking here at Gustavus. I was looking at Ithaca College. Um, I looked at Ersinus. So there was quite a few schools that first I was looking at academics and then opened up to athletics. So when you were opening up to athletics, who were you getting like mm-hmm. serious consideration from? Um, I think trying to trace back to that time. It's been it feels like it's been eons ago. Um I think my top three schools that I was looking at towards the end was here Gustavus, Ethica, and then I think it was her sinus, if I remember correctly. Did you ever end up visiting anywhere? Um, I get that maybe that would be difficult considering distance. Sure. Yeah, I did do a nice um I think it was spring of my junior year. I did kind of like a loop looking at the different schools. And so I did have an in-person meeting with Aaron here at Gustavus and an in-person meeting with um, Rick at Ithaca. So those were the two schools that I had like actual in-person conversations with the coaches. So in the end, why did you choose Gustavus? I think, I don't know if there's one singular answer. I think there's a lot of things that went into my final decision. I think my, the biggest reason was when I came and visited here, I sat in on a painting class from, uh, with my, uh, I sat in on a painting class with Professor Betsy Byers, who now is my academic advisor. And I've had her as a professor for multiple classes. And it was just like a standout experience. I mean, I, you know, I had the opportunity to sit in on lots of classes when I was visiting colleges. And I had just not had an experience where a professor took the time to sit and chat with me about what my future plans were. Um, she integrated me in the class. They were having um, a work day during that day that I sat in on class. And so like she allowed me to wander the studio and speak to students. And it was just such an intimate experience that I hadn't gotten at other schools. And I was like, wow, I feel like really seen and heard in this moment. And I think that would translate into my time as a student at Gustavus. And so I think I think that was partly one of the biggest contributors to my 
ultimate decision of coming to Chris Davis. So now you are a student. What's it like being a student there? It's awesome. I mean, it's my situation. I'm sure you've had lots of conversations with other people you've interviewed. It's been a very bit, a little bit of an interesting time being a college student, you know, especially starting during the pan, you know, the peak of the pandemic. I think that has definitely shifted how it's like being a student at Gustavus. But at the end of the day, like, we are such a small campus and we do have like a little bit of like geographic separation because we are up on a hill separated from kind of the rest of the town. And so it does create a just really positive, intimate community that is really supportive of one another. And so, yeah, I, I just, I think Gustavus students just love Gustavus. Like I've never walked around a college campus that has so many students wearing like their own school apparel than Gustavus does. Like everyone was always in gusty gear. Um, so I don't know, to be gusty, you just love Gustavus. I guess if that kind of answers the question. It does. And who wouldn't be wanting to wear that? Seriously, the logo's really nice. It is, isn't it? I know. Like, especially the shield logo, like the one on Road to Nationals just doesn't do y'all justice because it's not that shield logo. And that looks so nice. And especially for like the area, uh, logo geek here. Um, it's just something where it's like, yep, I know exactly where you. It's like I, I could tell exactly what kind of school this is. This is a school Absolutely. in the Midwest. It's gonna be Wisconsin. It's gonna be Wisconsin, Minnesota area. Probably gonna have a Lutheran background to it because of that right. area. Like all about it, and it's such a very good design. But and well, you're the art major here. You will appreciate that, of course. Why did I forget that? Anyway, uh, daily schedule during the season, what's that like for you? Yeah, season's pretty busy. Um, it looks a little bit different on outside of, like, the usual fall and spring semester. All right, so in Gustavus, this is actually their last year of doing this, but we have what we call a J term. So it's a month-long intensive class. And so our season actually overlaps part of that um, J-term experience. So our first half of the season, we're actually some of the few kids actually on campus because not everyone takes a J-term. And so it's pretty quiet. Um, but when I was an underclassman taking a J-term, usually consisted of um, going to class during the day for almost three to four hours because it is an intensive class and you're cramming in um, a semester's worth of material in four weeks. Um, so pretty intensive class schedule and that in the morning. And then we would usually have an evening practice that's usually like 2.30 to like 2.30, like 5.30ish. And then because we are like the only ones on campus, we always tend to try to do like team dinners and, you know, just spend as much time with each other as we can. And so like, that's like kind of a broad usual day. And then of course we have our meets then on usually Fridays or Saturdays. Okay. Now this is the last time I get to ask this for, well, actually no, it's not the last time I forgot Utica exists because you know, it's easy to forget them, but this is the last time we get to ask this to somebody who has been on a team that has competed for at least a year. Ha ha loopholes um and that is the fact that y'all are a d3 school very small school i'm used to lsu 
which is very much on the opposite end of the spectrum. So what are some of the things that y'all do uh, as a smaller program that like a bigger program might not have to even think about? Yeah, I think, and I'm sure you've probably heard this echoed across smaller schools is that in general, um, liberal, you know, small liberal arts schools definitely are struggling because of the impacts of COVID and the pandemic. And so like, um, we definitely are driving fundraising um to the max and you know we're trying to gear up and prepare for this travel meet which we're going to go to at the end of january in california against uc davis which we haven't had the you know we haven't had the opportunity to have a travel meet in my three years of being on the team so far so i think yeah it's definitely a little bit more back more on the team to come up with those funds and obviously i've never I don't come from the world of D1, so I don't know what their experiences are. But I think looking at it, that might be something that we are more individually responsible for. So what do you all have for a practice facility? Is it on campus or off? Yes, we are very, very fortunate to have an on-campus facility. So our like larger athletics building is called um, Lund. And so then we have a practice gym up on the second floor which we are very very grateful for and what does that practice gym have yeah so we have um we just actually i believe it was two years ago now we got our pit renovated which is awesome so now we have a nice tramp system installed um and we have brand new black and yellow foam which looks really awesome and that was all thanks to incredible awesome donors that we just got redone so we do have a loose foam pit for which we can um, vault into. We have a single rail that goes into that as well. And then we have opportunities to tumble into that um, surface as well. And then of course we have um, our floor and then we have, I think we have three balanced beams, two of which we just got recovered also thanks to amazing donors. And then we used to have only one set of bars. And then because of all the fundraising we did last year, we were able to purchase a new set of rails. So now we have two sets of bars, which has been absolutely awesome because now we can have, you know, multiple stations going at once. Um, So, and then we also have a tumble track, which is really, really nice for like off season and just when you need to take it a little bit lighter on days. And yeah, that's our facility. So it seems like... uh things are really trending in a good direction. They really are. They really are. Yes. Um, uh, so before I ask about a home meet, there was a, you, you mentioned the COVID season. COVID season was one that I haven't actually gotten a chance to ask any why I did this about because I, for some reason, overlooked the fact that there was technically a season, but it was four yes. meets long. What was that like? It was very strange. And of course, you know, it was my first year. So coming into all of it, I didn't really have any expectations of what college gymnastics meets looked like. So I think for myself and speaking for myself personally, I was just grateful to be able to do gymnastics. So yes, we did have four meets. We had, um, I'm trying to trace back now. I believe we had like, I think it was two home meets and two away meets. And we couldn't have any spectators. And so our coach was just awesome. And she um, teamed up with our parents 
and they took pictures of themselves and got cardboard cutouts to put in the stands to make it feel like we had fans in the stands. Our coach put our parents on Zoom so that they could watch, you know, the meet. And the school was really, really awesome and provided um, live streaming of all the meets in a really professional manner so that spectators could still watch these four meets. So yeah, it was a little strange, very quiet, but I think we were all just grateful to have the opportunity to be able to, in a strange way, show what we had been working so hard to do. Yeah. And the one thing that mainly had me was that y'all had the ability, what was, like, was it, there was there a chance that y'all were just not going to have a season? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I'm sure at one point there was conversation that it wasn't going to happen. I mean, we were training during COVID was very intense. We were lumped into pods and, you know, if someone in that pod tested positive, then that whole pod got shut down. And so, you know, people were in and out of the gym constantly. It, everything was just up in the air. And so I think we just kind of embraced every moment and took what we could, you know, we if a meet got canceled, the meet got canceled. That was the reality of the situation. But I think we were all just in a place to be that we're very grateful that we could do what our bodies allowed us, what our, you know, if we were healthy enough, if we could do it, you know. So it was, yeah, everything was always just kind of up in the air in that season for sure. Yeah, that's uh, not surprising because that COVID gear was just plain weird. That's one way of putting it. But luckily the COVID season ended and the cardboard cutouts gave way to real actual people in the stands. So what is the typical yeah. environment like for a home meet? Home meets are the best. Um, so we do compete in our practice gym. Um, and I know for some people that seems a little strange, but our as a team, we love it. We um, have bleachers that go up along the entrance wall of our home gym. And we just pack it with students. It's It gets so filled to the point where we put base mats on top of our um, foam pit. And we have spectators sit there actually in the pit, which is like, you know, inches away from the floor. And it is so fun because it gets so loud in there and it just, the cheers echo and, oh, it's a party. It's so much fun. Okay. I assume that that has led to, okay, so this is the obvious question I have now. It's inches away from the floor. Has that resulted in any yeah. mishaps? No, no. I mean, it inches is, inches is a drop. Okay. I was wondering, cause it's like, oh, if it's, yeah. I was just wondering, because it's like, if someone flies off the floor, eh, boom. Exactly. No, no, no. They're, they're a couple feet away, but I think, you know, coming from the world of club, where the fans are sitting behind roped off sections that are, you know, feet and, you know, miles away from the action, to have people up close where you can see their reactions, you can, you know, hear, hear and feel their energy. It's totally different, and it's just awesome. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, most people wouldn't understand that. But if you've actually, but uh, those of you who have listened to other episodes will know that no, this is actually something that happens quite often. Um, and like, yeah. I, I can't remember how many, but it's like a good, I think maybe a third of the people that I've interviewed, and especially in the NCGA, are like, yeah, that's what we do. Oh yeah, but oh, it yeah, we seems it. like it we must get yeah, because it it doesn't necessarily matter that you have thousands of people. What matters is the energy, and it seems like you'll have a lot of it now. Um. What's your favorite meet that you've ever been on the floor for that you've competed in in college? Huh. That's a tough question. I think the most exciting meet 
was last year's season opener. They brought back the Best of Minnesota meet, which is um, a competition with the U of M, Winona, Hamlin, and ourselves. And we actually got to compete at the U of M. And it was just sheer fun. Like it was, it was a little nerve wracking, right? Because we haven't ever competed at a, you know, a venue that large. But again, just like the energy was just awesome. And what a way to start a season, right? Just celebrating gymnastics in Minnesota. Like it was, it was great. Yeah, because I was going to ask about that because I've asked the other people at the other two Minnesota schools about it just because of like, it's a great opportunity. It's one of those things where it's, because of the format of the sport, you get that unique opportunity to showcase multiple teams at once. Right. Yeah, I could think of anything else to say after that. <laughs> anyway. Um, no worries. No, it's fine, because there is one other home meet I did want to ask about, and it happened this past season, and it was on February 17th, and it was the meet against UW-Stout. Yes. The one where y'all broke the team's score record. What was that like? Yes. Well, that was a wave of emotions that day. Um, I don't know if it was how public this all is, but we did have two teammates get quite severely injured during warm-up. Um, and I think that kind of that rattled us as a team. And I think instead of letting that bring us down, we used it as energy and momentum to move forward and drive us. And I think... Yeah, it was an opportunity. It was a rallying, a rallying moment for us to come together, and I think it gave us. It reminded of. Uh, it reminded us all of our why, and yeah, everyone just really came together, and it was an awesome meet. So yeah, it was. It was all emotions everywhere, um, and yeah, we were very, very proud to be able to break that school record for sure. So- did you, when did y'all f- find out that y'all had broken the school record? Oh, we literally did not know until they announced. Like that, there's a video of us somewhere uh, when they announced the, the score. And I think all of our chins just dropped to the ground. We were like, wait, what? That happened? You know, because when you're in the heat of a moment, you're not really paying, at least for myself, you're not really paying attention to the scores. You're not keeping track of all those things. And so it wasn't until it was all over when they announced it. And it was just... Yeah, it was just so, so exciting. And it wasn't even the only, like, okay, that's a big one. But, like, two of the top four scores in school history came this past season. Yes, last season was just remarkable. We really, really worked hard and worked together as a team. And I think that showed this past season for sure. So now going into this upcoming season, before I even ask about goals or anything, you mentioned that trip. That trip is to UC Davis. Now, I, I, I finally, I did some Google Maps work because I didn't want to assume anything. That's still like seven, eight hours away from San Bernardino, but like it's on the yeah. West Coast, which is significantly closer. So what's it like yeah. being able to at least go back to the West Coast for a meet? Yeah, so there actually are three of us on the team that are from California. Um, and so I think we're all just really excited to have the opportunity to potentially have friends and family who otherwise can't make it all the way out to Minnesota um, be able to come up to watch us compete, you know, and especially all three of us are seniors. So I think it just kind of is like a capstone towards gymnastics journey of being able to like compete at home one last time, you know? 
So um, now moving on into the season beyond that thing, what are some of the goals that the team has for this upcoming season? Yeah, I think our biggest goal right now is just to take all the energy and momentum from last season and use it to drive us forward and continue to improve and work together as a unit. Um, our phrase this year as a team, um, we always just are saying as one, like we're whatever we do, we're going to do it together. And I think just the emphasis on our team culture and working together, I think is our biggest emphasis of the year. Mm-hmm. And then what about for you? Uh, or um, I'm sorry, goals for you? Still... Yeah, no worries. I think I'm still grasping with the fact that this is the last time I'll ever compete, you know? So I think for myself, I'm just going to embrace every moment and enjoy every meet because this is the end, you know? Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And uh, as has been a lot of the things that you have said, this has been very, very fun. And uh, I actually didn't expect to talk about that much, but that was only because you said that you were nervous coming in. Funny how that fades. Exactly. Yes, but uh, we have reached the end of this whole interview portion, and as I do with all of them, I like to give the last word to the person I'm talking to. So what, uh, as a final word, what do you want people to know either about, like, Gustavus Adolphus, not Gustavus, because I've made that pronunciation mistake, and you shouldn't, um, uh, either as a university or, or, I'm sorry, as a college, I don't know if it's a university, or, you know, the academic side or the athletics or just d3 gymnastics in general yeah i just i think as d3 gymnastics in general i i i think people maybe underestimate us and i think you should maybe i don't like we're definitely worth looking at i think we are growing and changing the culture of gymnastics and it's really exciting and i'm really really grateful to be a part of Gustavus's team and pushing D3 gymnastics in the trajectory, upward trajectory that it's going on. And that'll do it for this episode of Chalk Talk. If you want to learn more about Abby Beyond Gymnastics, go read the feature story on the Substack for Chalk Talk. You can subscribe there to get episodes of the show delivered at the same time as the written stories. I want to thank Sports Information Director C.J. Seward for helping set up this interview, the lovely Abby Willis for taking the time to talk with me, and, of course, Gabby for helping out behind the scenes. Until next time, I've been Man Schluter, and this has been Chalk Talk. Thanks for listening.